Steve Accord Grail at Scottish Sports Centre on Scarab Pay Community Radio. Good afternoon, everyone. You're welcome once again to the Sports Centre show here on Scarab Pay Community Radio on 98.3 FM and 92.7 FM and on the TuneIn app in association with their Credit Union. And on today's show, we're going to be joined uh, by uh, Clare, one of the Clare Camogie coaches, uh, Brendan Foley, as he reviews the league that Clare have just had. We're going to be joined by uh, Club Clare uh, member uh, Tony Killeen, as he gives us the positivity of joining Club Clare and asking people to renew their membership. And finally, we're going to have a look at the weekend sport ahead with Parik McMahon, uh, known journalist from the Clare Echo. And also, Pat is going to announce our Scarab Bay Community Radio uh, Camogie RCR Team of the Year in association with our sponsors, uh, Sintra. And now we're joined on the line by one of the coaches of the Clare uh, Camogie setup, the new setup there this year, where the junior and senior, senior setups have all come together. The men well known to us all here, known to you all here on Scarlet Fake News Radio, one of our sports line team. It's Brendan Foley. Brendan, you're welcome once again. How are you, lads? Hi, Brendan. Brendan. How things? All well, Brendan. All well. Brendan, a, a new move this year with, with, with the Camogie, with the senior and the junior setups coming together. And judging by results and, and performances, even though the results didn't go your way, but judging by performances, a very positive move, Brendan. Yeah, um, it's working well. Uh, you know, the good group of girls there. Uh, training goes well when, when we're all in there together. Um, and, you know, I suppose the performances with the juniors when we went down to Wexford, to the tough ass going down, with the put in a great performance and looking at to come away with a win. And um, then they played down, and in fairness to down, you know, they, they arrived on the day with only 15 players. And, um, you know, to travel all that way down the road, four and a half hours. And, and and uh, you know, the result, the result, it wasn't much of a match, but I give credit, 100% credit to Down for coming down, for filling the fixture. And, uh, you know, they... Um, that I was uh, to look the, the scoreline. The scoreline really mattered to us, like you know what I mean. Because at the end of the day, like you know, they they had a player got got injured, um, and they were down to fourteen, and you know they were just depleted, and um, like you know, uh, didn't said they were the two matches in the junior. Uh, we had then uh, in the senior we had Cork. Kilkenny and Limerick in the group and I must say for the three senior matches I don't know where the gods were but by God we got the worst of weather in nearly all the three games uh, that we got uh, in the senior but the performance the girls put in was absolutely fantastic uh, against Cork uh, a very dubious decision of a penalty uh, turned the game and uh, in, in Cork's favour we were right in that match right up to the wire now it was an awful day Camogie, I must say it, that match was touch and go even before it started, and uh, then we came to the Kilkenny match and we had another great performance, uh, beating the point, got the less scored again actually to win it. So the Kilkenny, and uh, there was some great performances that day from the girls again. You know, and you know we start to use the league to to blood some players, and we we give five or six new dividends over the whole course of the league. <coughs> And missing a few players through injury in the whole lot. And uh, then we came out to the Limerick match. And again, you know, conditions weren't great. The rain that fell last Saturday evening was just unbelievable. 
But the girls, I would say, you know, showed great appetite. Um, four points down at half time, and even going into the last quarter, we were four points down. But I think the experienced players really came to the fore, and there was some great performances as well from some of the younger girls. Um, Lorna Mack had a great game. Um, you know, I thought she had our half back line of Elena Ryan, Aoife Keane, Claire Herder, their full back was outstanding, solid. But, uh, you know, come, come with the hour, and we've often seen her do it. Chloe Mori put over two fantastic frees in the closing stages of that match to, to, to clinch it and, and, and a great score from Ian Kelly. But I must say, like, you know, the younger players really stood up throughout the league. You know, it was every, every, every day there was new players showing up and putting their hand up to take a claim. And, you know, that's what we start to use the league for, uh, to, to try find uh, some new players and freshen it up. And I must say, like, you know, we were happy with the league and it was nice to finish it off with a win. Yeah, indeed, and also bringing them to avoid a relegation playoff, you know, which you can can look at to all intents purposes probably come out, but it can be messy. So it was better off not to get into the, into that scenario. But as you said, great performance against Limerick last Saturday evening. You know, when 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 the weather and the gods seem to be against them, and then you know to turn in and finish, it's a, it's a good sign of the team going forward. And looking at the team itself, Brendan, it seems you know, if, as, as I said, you've tried out some new players. Seems to be a nice, settled, balanced team, Brendan. It is, yeah. Like, you know, um, I must say that the girls, like, you know, uh, they're a fantastic bunch of uh, bunch of girls to work with now. Um, like, you know, I've known a few of them there from the junior last year. And this, John, probably known a few names with the seniors there and seen them playing cover matches with yourselves there over the years. And, um, you know, they're, they're just the work that they put in. And I tell you, you know, it's hard at the moment. And it's it's just not clear in, in in a lot of counties just to try get pitches this time of year to get in and train and play and you know we're very fortunate we, we've we've access to media GA grounds below and we've been using that there for the last number of weeks and uh, you know um, we we we've done a bit of training above in Clarecastle and the clubs have been very good towards not letting us into train. When 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 the weather uh, is bad, like the pitches aren't available, but uh, you know that's that's across the board. I see a Galway player coming out there a number of weeks ago. She's saying as well that it's tough, but no, they're a great bunch of girls. They're absolutely fantastic now to work with. Yeah, and so um, you know we have a few injuries as well. If we get them back into the mix as well now, and you know it, it, it's like you know it's, it's all geared towards championship. Like you know what I mean. Yeah, and indeed you you have the Munster Championship coming up as well. So you know a couple of more games maybe <coughs> all going well to to kind of fine tune the team and and find you know maybe have a look at one or two more players before you lead into the the All Ireland series. And, and you know and Brendan, as you well know, with the way the season is now, games are going to come come taking fast. So you know a very positive vibe to start off. And you've as I said, the Munster semi final again, the winners of Limerick and Tipperary, and you know maybe preparations may be moving up a level and performances intensely be moving up a level. So. No, plenty to look forward to. Oh, there is. There's lots to look forward to. Like, you know what I mean? Training now will be, the dent will be up again, like, you know, for, for the next number of weeks leading into the championship. Um, Like, you know, and as you say, like, the winners of Limerick and Tip, like, you know, the, the Tip are going well now at the moment as well. Like, you know, and we know Limerick, like, you know, there was a right tough battle with them inside there last weekend and they'll only get stronger as, 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 the, as, the, as, the, as the weeks go on as well. They draw a lot of teams, like, 
I, th- I think a lot of counties did find it hard. Maybe there's some counties, maybe with the exception, maybe as you might know, it might have access into UL or whatever. But there is a lot of counties down with the weather this time of year to get into pitches to train. It seemed to be a trend across the board from a lot of counties when you're when you when you're when you're talking and listening to them, like you know, to get in. So hopefully now the weather will pick up and we get more time on the field and uh, and get get good get good training sessions even get brighter and you know, you're looking to sharpen it up now again, like you know, and hopefully we'll get a few more players into the squad as well and you know, get a couple of girls back to, from injury and you know, there's a good young balance there. Like, you know, there's young girls really after coming in there now. Um, Quiba Cam, you know, I remember the day against Kilkenny's, I think she's got over three points. Lorna McNamara is absolutely flying it, so she's uh, having a great, had a great league campaign. You know, we've, we've brought in a couple of players there off the junior squad there from last year as well. Neil Queen came in uh, the last day there against Nimerick. Uh, Regan Conway came in there uh, against Kilkenny and, and, and started against Nimerick. You know, so like it's nice to give players so a, a chance and, and give them a go and see and see what senior senior hurling is about. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, Brendan, well done on on a, on a positive start to the, to the campaign this year with with, with all of you as a kind of a new management and, and coaching team. Fair play to you. But uh, one of the things I'd just like to ask you is what we would have been saying over the last few years is that probably to get to the top table, Clare needed to be. Uh, more developed in SNC, uh, you know, strength and conditioning, and maybe a little bit more aggressive and stronger, etc. Are you making progress on that front now? As you play the likes of Kitty and Cork, do you notice you're closing the gap on them in that in that aspect of of, of things? Well, like you know, when you're talking about Cork, you're talking about numbers, like you know what I mean. Straight away, like you know, they have a bigger pick in the whole lot, like uh, Tipperary will have a big pick as well, like and. And, and Kilkenny and like but the girls know the girls do are working on programmes like you know they do they do two gym sessions a week uh, there is a strength and conditioning coach in the squad as well um, you know they're, they're they're really really working hard and like you know when you, when you see the performances like you know especially against Kilkenny like you know we were only a puck of ball against Kilkenny uh, like you know, a, a, a point and then they went down and played uh, Cork and that match was a draw like you know so with a little bit of luck, we could have came out maybe at the other end of it. Like you know, if you got the win against Kilkenny and, and your win against against um, uh, Limerick, you know you might be top the table. And but they are like you know they're, they're really really working hard. They're a good group of uh, girls now. They really work. They really drive each other in training. And you know um, they're well led there by Claire Heher. They are to say the senior team. Like you know Claire Heher and Neva D. They're two giant captains and. And then you have um, Sinead Hogg and Case Kate O'Gorman, the juniors. And like, you see these girls, like, you know, when, if the team, the team is dropped at Hogg, they're not afraid to, to speak up and get it going again, like, you know. So, no, they are working hard. And, like, when when you when you come up against the big counties, that's what you're measured against, like, you know what I mean? And hopefully now this year we can, we can close the gap again, like, you know, because it is a new venture, as you say, joining the two together. And that's going to take time to fit in as well. You know, it, it isn't like just clicking a switch and everything works overnight. It has to take time and girls see what way things are working and getting things in place. But at the moment, you know, they're, they're really, really working hard. We can't ask any more of them. They're great ones to work with. Yeah, and indeed, I, I know that, that, you know, the aim of, of the management is, is to get the two teams to uh, Crow Park and, and judge it by results so far and progress so far, you know, on track. It is, but like you know, you know yourself, you know, when you know you 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 have to work hard to get there. You know what I mean? And you have to just get little breaks along the way, and 
you know, if we just clean up some of our injuries and 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 get get a a full team out and and see where see where we're at, like you know, but that's the that's our that's our aim and that's our goal and that's what we're striving to and that's what the girls are striving to as well, like you know, um. It's it's no good saying you just want to go out and fill a fixture or whatever you have to you have to set yourself targets and you have to set yourself goals and and that's what they're striving towards like you know well good good to hear it Brendan and at that note we'll we'll t- take the time to thank you for talking to us here on Scarlet Bay Community Radio in your role as as coach to the Clare uh, Senior Camogie team and we look forward to hearing much more of you as the summer and the, and uh, progresses Brendan Foley thanks a million sound thanks a million lads sound Brendan. And once again, thanks to Brendan Foley. And now we move from uh, Brendan Foley, who involved with the Camogie team, to uh, men involved with a, 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 a group kind of helping to keep the finance, the Camogie and the sports in Clare. A very successful group that was launched last year, uh, Club Clare. And we're now joined by one of the members, of, uh, founder members is Tony Killeen, who's going to give us a, 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 a insight into how Club Clare ran last year and you know, to kind of renew people's interest in getting going again for the coming year. Tony, you're very, very welcome. Thanks very much for having me on, lads. And you know, this time last year when we were talking, uh, and we had a very long chat, and I was actually very tentative because it was a new initiative, and quite honestly, we had no idea how it would go. So this time last year, I'd say we had about 20 members. We just about floated, I think we floated the first week in March, so <clears throat> we probably had it uh, sort of, Silly uh, going at this stage, and this year um, we went for a very low key kind of reopening. All the people who were members already got emails telling them that it was renewal time, and I'd say close to half of them have renewed. Certainly, more than a thousand people have renewed already this year. But of course, we all we're all in a kind of a busy world, and I think we're all guilty now and again of deciding to contribute to something and postponing it then until tomorrow or someday we have time and then forgetting it about it completely. So I'm delighted to have the opportunity tonight on behalf of Club Clare to remind all of your listeners in East Clare and elsewhere that it is renewal time and your contribution is about several things. At a very basic level, it's about money. Uh, and last year, we got over 2,000 people to join. I think the gross proceeds were around 130,000. We gave people some nice mementos and I love seeing the club player hats at matches because it, it, it's good for the image and they actually look nice and I haven't seen what's coming out this year next, but this year so far but I'm sure it'll be something equally nice. But there's another really important part to the whole club player concept and that is that it gives people an opportunity to be a part of the whole setup to put their 50 euros or the family membership their 100 euros in there to support Brian Lohan and the management and to support all of the players and and one of the exciting things is that Clare Senior Hurling has been discovering very exciting players over the last year or two a couple of them from Scarif at the moment Um, Mark Rogers and Patrick Crotty a couple of other lads from Robin Mounsey and Shane Meehan and, and others and you can only continue with any bit of success if you're able to renew your squads because you, you need big numbers. A lot of games come closely together, especially when the championship starts, and it's absolutely inevitable that you'll have injuries. So you need to have all these young lads coming in. And I suppose, in a way, we all 
understand the costs involved with the senior team. We have some idea, at least, anyway, of, of the kind of uh, finances that are involved. I know at the moment now that two other counties have their players in camp in Portugal. I think one team came home today and the others are going tomorrow. And it's costing a lot of money. Um, no request has been made for us to fund anything like that. And I don't think it will be because Clare can't afford it. But it's where the top teams are in terms of their preparation, all kinds of physical and, I suppose, psychological preparation that's really important. So we have a concentration on the senior team. But as you mentioned at the beginning, we also have taken Camogie under our wing. And we think we've made a good contribution. Last year, in 2021, we gave them well over €20,000 towards their costs. We hope to be in a position to do the same thing this year. It's dependent on the ordinary people signing up and putting in 50 euros or 100 euros. And you probably remember last year, I know you were laughing at me, of course, but I was saying how difficult I found it to sign up myself. So I've been several months given out about how complicated it was. And this year, it's absolutely simple. I had no bother doing it. I nearly say now, if I can do it, pretty much anyone can do it. I know last year, Leo, you had joined up and had done it a couple of times and, and you were thinking, this Killeen fellow must be about 150 <laughs> years old. He can't do this thing at all. But, but I'm able to do it now. And, and I think anybody who goes about it this year will. And anyway, of course, if you ask anyone under 25, they'll do it for you in 20 seconds. You won't learn anything because they'll do it so fast that you, you won't know what they've just done. But I do, I do want to use the opportunity to appeal to people to to you know, make that contribution, of course, for the money to support the teams, right down to the under fourteen development squad, all the way up along. But also, I, I often talk to the players. I meet them now in this context, and they say to me that that nobody really appreciates how much of a boost it is to them to get to see the numbers joining club player and to be able to get a few euros to support something that they otherwise wouldn't be able to do. And they know from their colleagues in other counties that they're doing it. And Tony, just to come in there, you're, you're right, it's not just finance alone, even though I suppose it's probably the, the main prong of it. But, you know, but to get that little text of a Thursday or a Friday night, maybe with the team, either in Curling or Camogie, I think it made us all feel part of something, you know, have a, have a link to the teams and a link to what was happening. Uh, and I think even that alone, from the morale point of view, was good for supporters who joined the, the club player. And also, I think it, it, it kind of made us more aware of the team needing our support at the side on, on, in the stands as well. So I think even that little thing alone is um, a nice touch and it brings people with you, which is exactly what you want to do, to bring, bring with Clare yeah. and Camogie. It's a huge part of what we were trying to do. Obviously, we're trying to create a brand that Clare, Hurling and Camogie rallies around. And I think there was some success in doing that, but... That very point you make about getting the text the night before the match <clears throat> with the team news and the line-out and who the subs are, it really brings you into the camp in a way that you don't really get it if you read it on yeah. that day's paper, for example. You know, you are a part, and, and from our point of view in Club Clare, it's an acknowledgement that you've put something into supporting the county. I suppose a lot of people may not be aware or may have forgotten that we, an entirely new initiative that we were able to do because of the money that came in from ordinary people is the secondary schools competition. Oh, yeah. yeah. And 
the under 15A cyclists in this competition. And one of the things we'd noticed was that we had a lot of teachers in the various secondary schools who were very interested in supporting the development of hurlers. But there wasn't really enough support for them. If you're not involved, you don't realise how much time it takes and how much organisation it takes to do all of this. So any of the schools that were having difficulty got guest coaches on a very regular basis. And the competition for the under-15 players went ahead. It was hugely successful. And Tony, and to, 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 to follow on your point, Tony, you know, and, and at the time of the year it was played as well, and the crowds that turned up to, you know, the interest of the of parents and, and not only parents but supporters Club alike people. that followed the, the school games, there were tremendous crowds at these games as well. There were there were enormous crowds and the couple of ones I went to it was lashing out of the heavens and it's called to be damned. But there were several evenings when you wouldn't have expected it to be nice when the weather was actually lovely for hurling. And of course the young lads absolutely loved it. Because they're an age group who haven't really been properly brought into the centre of things. Some of them are on county development squads. Lots of them aren't. But it gave them an interest and an involvement that would not have been possible otherwise. Now, we've, we've created plans for developing, for example, a training manual that could be used both by clubs and by primary schools. Because I think we realise, of course we realise that, mothers are very influential people. And fathers are somewhat influential, uh, not very sometimes. <laughs> but national schools are hugely influential. And I know from my own time, which is nearly a century ago, but from, from colleagues who are in front of classes at the moment, that lots and lots of them, men and women, would love to help out with the development of Gaelic games. But it, it has got a bit complex. It's not anymore throwing a ball and let him lash away. Uh, it is much more at the level of teaching basic skills that are appropriate to the age group. And when we get these manuals out, anybody who is a teacher or anybody who's involved in a school community as a parent, for that matter, or involved with a club, will have a resource available to them that will make the job of working with young people a lot easier and will have the reassurance that what you're doing is you know, what's appropriate to the age and ability of the people you're dealing with, which makes it a lot more effective and grows the hurling community and the hurling interest in the county. And you might say eight-year-olds now are a long, long way from representing Clare at any level. But they aren't really. You never feel until minor, which is now under 17, of course, sneaks up on you and then your fellas going on to the under-20s and next thing, fellas are emerging on the senior team. But people tend to forget that all of the others are at home in their own clubs. And lots of them who, for a variety of reasons, don't make it onto the elite county senior team, which they can because there's a limited number, are hugely important to the ordinary clubs around the county, the Scarifs and the Tullas and the Agundalos and the Kilneas and the Fetals and you know the Mills and so on and so forth and up our area, uh, Curfin and Eineck in the morning and all the others depend to a huge extent on fellows who aren't household names in inter-county hurling but are the backbone of their clubs and they learned it somewhere and they were supported up along the way they enjoy it, it's good for their health and it puts Gaelic games I think in their rightful place at the centre of our communities 
Very, very important point about the schools and the young people. Um, on another level, uh, Tony, you might know this, I suppose, from your involvement. You know, the Clare squads themselves, you know, do they feel maybe a little bit more, a few inches taller because of the Club Clare initiative, because of this backing and support, because of the knowledge that people really want to do something to help them financially and morally? So do you think it, it, it should lead to a little bit more confidence and a little bit more pride in the players knowing that they have serious backing now and that hopefully that will grow more and more? Well, this time last year, when I, when I was answering that question, I, w- I was saying that I hoped so. But I've been amazed at the number of the senior players that I've come across here, there and anywhere who say to me how much they appreciate the support, first of all, and how much of a buzz of enthusiasm and encouragement that it gives them that ordinary people are prepared to put their hands in their pockets and put €50 Euro individual membership or €100 Euro family membership in there to have a fund to enable them, in some instances, to compete with counties who have very, very, very substantial resources from business or from wherever. And like, it's very understandable that if you're representing Clare and you're coming up against a county that's known to have a very wealthy sponsor, you could very easily feel inferior. But when you're coming up against them, and you know that a couple of thousand people in your own county have put their hands in their pockets to give money to support you, then of course you feel an inch or two taller, an inch or two stronger, and a lot more positive mentally and physically facing into what has become a very elite sport, a professional sport really, at the level that the senior inter-county lads are playing at. And Tony, you know, to go back to your point there about you said about the brand and about the, you know, it's great to see the, the Clare, uh, all the people wearing the club Clare uh, hat. I think it is absolutely brilliant when you go to games. You see so many having them. It is like going back years ago when you when, when we were small lads, young lads going in. You see the the kind of the paper hat, the crepe <laughs> crepe paper, paper in the hat. But now you know it's 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 the woolly hat, and you know it's it's easy to see the support that's there, and you know. You feel if you don't wear it going to the match that you're not part of it now. And also with the club clear thing, you're looking forward to the text message coming out on Friday night. You're actually looking to see what team is out for Sunday. You know, it, it just really generates a, a, a more interest in the Tony, which is what the idea of the whole thing is. It is, and I suppose it's, it's fair to acknowledge as well the efforts of the players because I do think that maybe a couple of years ago we were in a bit of a truck and we, there was a kind of an air of despondency beginning to develop around Clare Hurling. And all these new lads have been discovered. All the guys who've been there for 10 or 12 years in some instances are rejuvenated. Some of them have faced very difficult injury and recovery phases. A lot of them are coming back at what might be a kind of a critical time. I suppose the reality is that there mightn't be a puck of a ball between the five teams in Munster. And there's one team, I suppose, the All-Ireland Champions and a bit ahead but it was nice to see the way players set up to them in the park last Sunday week I and mean, you'd have to be proud, proud of the performance it's, it's, a, don't, it's a down statement it. it's a down statement there's no doubt about that yeah and we all went home buzzed up a bit better I always stand if I can close to uh, people from the other county that whether they're playing on the day so actually I found it a most enjoyable day and the Limerick lads were nice enough about it too like you know and it isn't a part of the whole thing. But for the people who maybe can't go to a match, uh, I think the opportunity that Club Clare gives them to be a part of the whole thing 
and to have their ear up to Player FM and be listening to Phil and Tommy Gilfile giving the exciting account. You know, you do become a part of it. You've got the team the night before, you listen to know where fellas are placed on the day and who's doing well, whose name is coming up a lot. And I think there's a kind of a pride in Clare Hurling restored, and quite rightly. And that's true, of course, in the first instance of the players and the efforts they're putting in, but also to the management who've brought a certain standard in all kinds of ways, not just hurling. But I think we're all that little bit proud of. Yeah, and indeed, Tony, there's no doubt and results have shown the same, you know, and... <coughs> Excuse me, good results for the senior hurlers may not have qualified for the league, but you know, there is sign of improvement, good players coming through. The same with the Camogie, were unlucky to lose two games, had a good win against Limerick last weekend, you know, and underage, you know, underage squads going well. And Tony, there's a, a real positive vibe around the county, and now is the time maybe to show how positive the vibe is and rejoin your membership with, with Club Clare. And that's what we'd like people to do. And as I was saying earlier on, I agitated to make it simpler for our lads like myself. And that was successful because I was able to do it this year. And you know, the exploits of Scarfa Gunlow in, in the Camogie, and maybe very particularly the performance of the girls in the two previous league matches which they didn't win, like they were right up there at the standards that's required. And, and I think that's, that represents a huge breakthrough for them as well. And then, of course, we mustn't forget the fellas. You know, Donald Maloney is back driving the effort at under-14, under-15, and underage. He, his, his role in the promotion of the schools competition was quite inspirational. And, and maybe there could be 50 other fellas around him. I shouldn't really go through names because I'd say I could name 40 without taking a breath of people who are giving us their time at all hours of the morning and even helping out with the development squads. I'm actually very excited about the future of Clare Hurling because I think a kind of professional approach is being taken all the way from 14 to senior. I think people are enjoying it too. Yeah, and Tully and Tullet and from parents. Yeah, and St Joseph's School and Tulladin really came came up uh, trumps in in the Hearty campaign, and that has given that has given in his time and as well in hopefully wishing him wishing him the very best later on today in the All Ireland final. Unfortunately, the football they came a cropper in the football, but I I would expect him to uh, carry home the All Ireland and 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 make up for that last uh, uh, today in in their All Ireland holding final. But you know Tullet have set the template, the place. Claire is, is buzzing at the moment and he's just, you know, to show his positivity and even enlighten Club Clare even further and, and help uh, these squads to even move to a higher level. Well, we can a fairy tale. You know, if, if Flannans were winning it, which they've often done, we get a bit of a boost. But when a, a new team and a new school, and it's, it's a lovely campus and, and there are so many things positive about it, but when they emerge at the level of hearty winners. It's it's a tremendous boost to everybody in the county. And also in a Steinman, because, and of course they have people coming from hurling clubs, but there are fellows involved there in hurling who mm-hmm. probably would never have been. And yeah, of course it's a boost. And then even if you look at some of the teams in the, in the, in the peripheral schools that are outside of Clare, a lot of very serious young fellows inside in schools in Limerick and oh. in places like Gort, Gort yeah. and in Killaloo, where there are tip fellas, obviously. Mm-hmm. And, and likewise with Camogie. 
to be honest with you, I, I'd love to see Camogie being driven a little harder in the school because uh, the girls, the ones that we see representing us, are really doing us proud at both club and county level. And maybe just a little bit of encouragement and help. You know, it does help. Like, we all feel that little bit better. Gee, there's plenty of bad news between God and COVID and, and Putin. And, and little boosts that we get from being uh, boosted by the success of the fellas wearing our county colours and the girls wearing our county colours and sometimes wearing the secondary school colours of Tulla, the Camogie col- colours of Scalfagunla or whoever. Of course it gives us a boost. Yeah, and we did, and that's a very positive uh, uh, thought there, Tony. And you know, Club Clare has had a tremendous first year, you know, and leading on to year two. Hopefully, we'll go from strength to strength as Clare, GA, and Camogie, and all go from strength to strength. Tony Clean has been a pleasure to have you on the program here today, and thanks very much for taking the time to talk to us here on Scarab Bay Community Radio. Thanks very much. Let's talk and once again, thanks to Tony Colleen for taking the time to talk to us regarding the activities of Club Clare. And now we, we change from uh, Tony Colleen to a man also well-known to us here on Scarlet Bay Queen Radio. Always gives of his time any time he's asked here. A well-known journalist with the Clare Echo. It's Parik McMahon. Parik, you're welcome once again. Thanks, lads. Great to talk to you. Parik. Parik, I suppose, look, we have the, the last league game uh, coming up this Sunday, uh, Clare and Galway. Um, we spoke earlier on the league. How do you think the league has gone for Clare and do you think the management will be happy with progress made during same? Yeah, I think we'll get we'll get a good indication of that come Sunday evening. You know, if we were to get a result against Galway, it would put a positive spin on it, particularly a, a very positive conclusion. Um, but overall, I'd say they, in, in reality, they probably can't be too happy um, with how things have gone. Obviously, losing very heavily to Cork um, then losing to Wexford second year in a row that we've lost to Wexford in Cusack Park. I know we've beaten them in the championship two years on the bounce. Disappointing there. Obviously, we got the, the win against Offaly, as you'd expect, and then got a draw against Limerick, which was, you know, if you said that should start the league, that you'd get a draw with Limerick, you'd be happy. But for anyone that was in Cusick Park, that was a game. And Brian Lohan even said it himself, that was a game player should have won, um, and they didn't. But the, the most positive thing from that game was the spirit that the clear lads showed, which was possibly lacking in times, and there was great ferocity in Cusick Park from the lads, and even it was the most animated. Brian Lohan has been on the sideline <coughs> during his time as their manager, so positives and negatives. We, we, we probably aren't um, maybe haven't made the net as wide as we could have in terms of trying out players um, that we ha- we. The management might have their team nailed down, but I think anyone watching might say there's there's a good few positions that haven't really been locked in um, as secure as you'd like. And, and maybe you'd be saying there could be some dubious inclusions on teams and um, which might catch us. So like we had said at the start, it'd be great if maybe we said, OK, we're either going out to win it and win every game or else let's experiment properly. And I think we've kind of fallen between the two stools of those two. So, um, a mixed bag, but could end on a positive note if we if we're to to, to beat Galway, which would be a big lift heading into Championship. Parik, you kind of half answered the question there. That I was going to ask you next. Um, it looks like though that uh, even at this stage that they have their mind more or less set up on 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 the they probably know on their head what their Championship team is probably going to be even at this stage. Is that fair to say? I th- I think so. Yeah, I think they're they're fairly. Um, 
you'd say, more of a fixed mindset than a growth mindset management. Even since they've come in, they seem to nearly have their perceptions of players and, and kind of seem to stick with it. I know they, they have brought in lads like Patrick Rashi, who've done very well, but it does appear that they they nearly have 90% of the team in their head picked already, um, which may be positive, but at the same time, we've only one win and a draw uh, out for four games. So, like, if you had your team nailed down, you'd like to be getting seeing that it was a 100% win record as opposed to what we have at the minute. But um, I, I still think there's a couple of gaps there that, that lads might sneak in. But some of the players that are possibly nailed in in their minds haven't set the world alight either. So it's um, yeah, it's, it's an interesting one to see um, how, how it could pan out a bit further. Uh, Paulie, the biggest question marks for me seem to be still about the defence and, and it's the question mark in Clare for the last three or four years, I suppose, maybe if not longer. But... Um, Two, two, a couple of players we, we thought, okay, Diamond Ryan's got off injured and it looks like he, he may be out for a while, which is a huge loss, I think. But the likes of Keen Nolan and Alan Fitzgerald, we thought, might get more game time and unfortunately both got injured. So do you think their hands were tied somewhat by the lack of you know fit players to try out uh, in defence that most of the potential newer guys seem to be at, uh, in, at, in the attacking part of the field? Yes and no. I'd say obviously Keen would have been missing for rounds one and two, and was available for the Offaly and Limerick game. And like I don't think we'll know was he good enough unless he gets the chance yeah. and he hasn't got it. Um, whereas I know Aaron had had got a bit of a chance in the Munster League and maybe he needed a game to get retribution, which he hasn't got that chance. Um, and then you look at Mikey Goff has got sniffs of it. Daryl Owen hasn't got as much since the in the National League itself. So we kind of need to see how these guys will go because, like you alluded to there, Jim McRyan is injured. He should be back for championship, but injuries are going to happen. So we need to know, rather than saying we're going to stick and mm. totally stick with these six lads, we need to have about 12 to say if player one gets injured, this guy can go in. Or, you know, to have options A, B and C, whereas we seem to be totally crossing fingers, toes and everything we have that these guys will get through unscathed and we, but it, you know, we look ahead the big thing is the Munster Championship and to get out of that you need a strong panel and we're probably not building the panel as strong as we can by exposing lads to as many minutes as possible Yeah and I take up I take your point in that one Park because you look at all the other teams you know, they have been trying trying different lads you know, it's definitely going to be a squad game with the, with the games coming so ticking fast and obviously fatigue hitting in you know, there's you're, you're definitely going to need 23, 24 players. And, you know, I think in terms of the other squads, we are probably going to be that bit behind because we're not trying, as you say, we're not trying out the players. How are you going to know whether they're up for it if we don't play them? Yeah, absolutely. And, and OK, credit, um, or not credit, but we, we must acknowledge that there has been injuries for Clare and they've been without lads. Um, but, you know, there's still guys that are putting in, the, the effort that lads are putting into County Pennon um, nowadays is astonishing. So they need to... The, the fairest thing to give them is, is a whiff of it and if they're not good to get a bit of a run if they're not deemed good enough maybe they shouldn't be on the panel you know if management aren't going to trust them in that sense um, but like you know you, you look at the other teams Washford even still have the Ballygunner guys that maybe haven't got as much game time like they're in a very strong place you look at Limerick we know what their panel is like you can go through it Wexford played the bulk of their league without Leach in and Galway as well Henry Shefflin has, has blooded in a lot of new guys so same for Brian Cody and Kilkenny whereas we don't seem to have done as much like people are saying Mark Rogers Mark Rogers was there last year and didn't get the chance when he probably should have Shane Meehan was also on the panel last year now in fairness the two years on the panel will help bring him on but um, you know Patrick Crashy Mike Goff 
they're low and they're probably the three new ones and Dara hasn't really got much minutes um, this year um, whereas Paddy Donlan made his debut against Antrim things may not have went well for him and he didn't see game time for the rest of the year so um, we maybe are a bit quick possibly to judge lads um, maybe you know they're slow to get a second chance and some of them even slower to get their first chance yeah, and speaking of Patty Crotty and Mark Rogers, must congratulate both uh, Mark Rogers on making the Fitzgibbon team of the year, Emerging Stars team of the year, and Patty Crotty and Captain UL to the Freshers title last week at a victory over DCU up in Dangan. Um, Parik, looking at the rest of the team, rest of the counties as we move into the final game with the league and towards a league final, probably, you know, they'll be fine. A lot of teams will be starting to fine tune their championship preparations. Where do you see the main advantage lying? I, I, yeah, I'm nearly slow to read too much into it because I hear a lot of people are panicking about Limerick, whereas I wouldn't be if I was if I was Limerick, I wouldn't be pushing for the panic button. I think they're definitely going to be in the mix. It's like I think the exact same as Dublin in the football. I wouldn't be reading too much into them getting a couple of the defeats. Um, Galway, I suppose, have blown hot and cold um, in their league campaign. Washford seem to be ahead of the track, ahead of everyone else. But um, it's it's. It's going to be a marathon as opposed to a sprint. So where Liam Cahill has them by the concluding stages of the championship will be will be very interesting. Um, and then again, Kilkenny will always be in the mix so long as Brian Cody is there and Cork are flying it as well at the minute. So um, there, yeah, there seems to be something something a bit different about Cork this year. Even the the scores they're totting up, but um, you know their Achilles heel in the last couple of seasons has been defensively. So. Um, it'll be interesting to see when again when the pressure of championship comes on where, where these teams really are at yeah there's no doubt it is only the championship is going to be the intent, when the intensity rises it is then we're going to we're going to know it all also Pauly uh, Claire Camogie uh, going, going well unfortunately you know they didn't get the, the, the victories against Cockle Kilkenny but a good victory to finish the campaign against Limerick last weekend yeah good good to, good to be Limerick who um, you know I remember talking to Pat the last day and I was kind of saying Limerick had passed us out a small bit so important that we, we got a win against them and that's obviously three defeats now in a row for Limerick but good for Clare to to finish uh, their league run on, on a win um, they were disappointed uh, in the in the defeat to Kilkenny that they didn't get something from us when, when both teams probably didn't play too, too well and, and positive to see them win and getting two injury points to win it you know um very good to see that. Obviously, though, from their 110, 11 scores, seven of those 11 were from freeze. So it's the same thing. If yeah. we could, if we could widen the scoring threat for player, it'll be, it'll really add to, to what they have. Um, and Anya Lachlan, of course, getting the goal. But again, in that that win against Limerick, they got, I think they went 22 minutes without a score. So that just is kind of just, I suppose, heightening the point I'm making about the scoring threat, which seems to be small but weak still. So if if the management could. To, could bolster that up it would it would really put Clare into contention I think yeah it does not about that Parik as you talk about uh, contention the bone of contention this week and one of the main talking points in the GA at the moment is this uh, players expenses saga and it, you know Crow Parker saying they're going to pay for four days a week Tom Parsons is saying pay for whatever they whatever whatever they train whether it's two pay for two which is six uh, pay for six where do you see this saga uh, pen, how do you see this saga penning out Parik well, there's good. There's going to be have to to be some form of resolution now. Um, at the weekend, kind of the, the thing that brought it into focus was a lot of managers didn't speak, um, with the media after just I suppose to highlight the issue. But I think it's probably going to if if it is as strong or they feel as strong, they're probably going to have to do 
a bit more and um, you know not that I'm director of communications with the GPA or anything but the, the strongest way for them to take a stand if they really want to make a, 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 a statement is to not play the game as opposed to not talking to the media isn't I don't know it's not the strongest point of view but um, they're like it, it's a tough one to say okay we'll pay them four because certain managers or each setup is different in the amount of work they're going to do um, but I, it just it kind of goes back to what I, I said earlier on when discussing the hurling in that the level and the commitment that we're asking of guys um, and girls in Camogie Ladies Football, Gaelic Football Hurling, it's just get more and more and more. Um, so that's nearly the issue on the track as well. And I think that's probably probably what's fueling it. Um, and from what I'm hearing as well, it's nearly a case the players want to maybe see a structured or clearly laid out that if it is you know in terms of the season because they've got the county then it's into the club and it's just go 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 whereas if it could be clearly defined and we're going to kind of see it trialed out a bit this year again but it's maybe just so that they could have a bit of a life outside of it i think because um we're, we're asking an awful lot of our players um and you know there are a lot of them coming back from college um all over the country to get to their their respective county sessions so they're they're putting in a lot um, so I think that needs to be acknowledged because, as we know, there's plenty of money in the GAA. There is, Paul, but uh, I suppose the, the big question that a lot of people have about the GAA currently in the last maybe 10 or 12 years, 15 years, in terms of the effort of the elite county players is the amount of training, especially. You know, there's a fair amount of matches now for younger players that are at top level between county league, the, the league, county league and championship, the Fitzgibbon Cup for a lot of them. Uh, and in their club championship as well. So um, it, it, there's still the issue of, of, of too much training in in race to match. It seems to be an issue. And I think that's part of the thing the GA are kind of saying that, you know, do we do we need to have people doing five or six paid training sessions a week? And I know we don't want any player out of, out of pocket. And that's obviously wrong because they are making such sacrifices. But it, there's, a bit, there's a bigger picture than just this current uh, saga that Leo brought up there. There's a bigger picture, and that is the whole, as you said there maybe, the whole GA season has still to be sorted out in terms of uh, training versus matches versus the space involved between them and the, and the whole calendar. Yeah, and I think that poses the question, like the way the way things are going at the minute with Fitzgibbon and the Sigerson, a call is going to have to be made whether they make it a non-county competition yeah. or change the time of year because... It's not not a coincidence that players are picking up serious injuries like we can see it close to home with Mark Rogers training load he was doing between clear UL and matches, 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 training, training. And then um, the guy in Mayo, Darky, I think, as well, that picked up, did cruciate injuries. So Tommy, Con- Tommy, Tommy Conway. Tommy Conway, sorry, yeah. yeah. So it's there's you can see that between when the training load is too high and we're asking too much guys at certain times of year. That's the end result, and that's we don't want. We want to see the best players on the field, as opposed to doing the rehab and recovery. So mm. I think that's that's part of it as well, Pat. Like as you say, we need to nearly flag it. This is the time of year for this competition, and you can't be pulling players left, right, and centre. You know that there's an allocated yeah. window for that. Otherwise, it's it's taken away from the Fitzgibbon and the Seagerson, I think at the minute, which are two great competitions. Absolutely, so and it's part of the conversation. What you're saying, Park, is is to put in a set structure where players know where they are at a certain time, and if you're with this team, you're with this team singly, and isn't that it? That you don't want to cross over, isn't it? Exactly. You know, that's it. Yeah. Uh, 
We're part of, uh, at, at this time of the year, obviously here on Scarlet Bay Queen's Radio, we announce our, our Camogie All-Stars and Pat is <coughs> about to announce the, the Camogie All-Stars for this year. We, we might get your thoughts on it just before you, you take your leave. No, announced by Pat, but not picked by Pat. <laughs> you might explain uh, the criteria, yeah, Pat. We, we, we went, we went with, the, with the plan last year and, and this year that the managements of the all the teams competing in the senior championship at Parig would uh, send us in their best 15 including, you know, this year we allowed them to include their own clubs, last year we asked them to exclude their own players, but we thought it was a better idea that they just picked the best 15 and 8. Uh, all these clubs, in fairness, did respond, a very good response, a positive response, and I know a lot of thought between a couple of clubs, uh, one of them were particularly telling me they had meeting, they had meetings and phone calls and, and fierce debates over it. So, anyway, we looked at the... And Pat, you know, just to clarify, this was announced uh, on the Clare the Clare Echo earlier on this week uh, yeah. by Parik, so you're just clarifying there and for oh, yeah, just, listeners just, here in East Clare. Just for, just for, just for our, 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 our sports line show. So, anyway, in goals, Rachel Daly, Scarif The full-back line, Claire Herr, Einikil Namona, Susan Daly, Scarif and Sinead Hogg, True Clonlara. The half-back line, Susan Vahan, Scarif Kira Doyle, Scarif and Avian Ryan, Alana uh, Ryan, apologies. Alana Ryan, Kishan Budaik. Midfield, Zian Spillane, Fikil Kalanina, and Amy Barrett, Scarafagunlo. The half forward line was Becky Foley, uh, True Clanara, Emer Kelly, True Clanara, and Avian Ryan this time, Einikil Namona. And the full forward line is Alva Rogers of Scarafagunlo, Moraid Scanlon of Scarafagunlo, and uh, Lorna McMurray, Fikil Kalanina. That was the uh, team as p- chosen by. The managements of all the Clare Camogie senior squads, and uh, I think it was a very broad uh, brush. And indeed, I think they would have come up with a pretty strong team. And based on club championship performances, now it isn't picking a Clare team; just picking on the performances as seen by the managements of the teams. Yeah, and, and Park, what are your thoughts on that? And I suppose every, every one of us would pick our own team, and uh, you know we all pick our own team. But I don't think anyone, you know, never gets it right. You might get maybe twelve or thirteen of it, but look, it's a matter of opinion. What are your thoughts on that team, uh, Park? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never, never an easy job to be to be to be put one of them, and, ju- and just before I answered, delighted with that the the clerical got uh, published it this week. Um, we're long admirers of the great work Scarf Bay do in promoting Komogi and sport in general, so delighted to be associated with the, the announcement. Um, As are we, yeah, which would you, yeah. It, it, it could possibly be a team given to John Carmody and Conor Dolan, and they might, um, mm-hmm. mightn't do too bad. Um, like a tough team as well, just looking through it, I think Sinead Hogg had a fantastic sort of drawn game herself and Alva Rogers. That was a fantastic battle. Um you know, they, obviously, Scarfa Gunnall's defence was, was key to them getting victory. Rachel Daly, the gambling goal paid off. Susan Daly, I think, over the last three years, has probably been one of the best, if not the best, player in the club scene in Clare and maybe hasn't got the crack properly with Clare at senior level. So hopefully that'll occur this year. And obviously, Susan Bond and Kira Doyle were central to Scarfa Gunnall's success as well. Um just I, I guess a couple Marie Scanlon obviously crucial to up front but a couple of players maybe that might be unlucky to have, to have made it just from, from what I could yeah, see that, was, that was my that was my next question I was going to ask you who do you think was unlucky okay. to okay. Um, yeah I, I just scribbled down five that I thought were maybe unlucky from what I saw Rachel Minogue obviously yeah. in, in that back line for Scarif unlucky I thought and behind her Alison McGee I thought had a great year um, really 
came of age, I thought for Scarf Cunlow. But um, you know, it's very tough to break into full four, full back line, Claire Hare, Susan Daly and Sinead Hogg. Um Kato Gorman I thought was key to Kilkishan, but I'd make in the semi finals. Yeah. Um, you know, she did she did a great year. And then the other two were were, were just two the forwards again on your Lachlan I thought was a threat for True Clonara consistently and I think would Scarf Gunlow have won without Ashling Corbish? You could you could debate that. So they'd be the five I'd say I'd say that were possibly unlucky. We should have picked a squad of twenty. Yeah, I I would say I was saying uh, going through we uh, we spoke off air a number of times and we did we did uh, throw the Ashling Corbett one out big time between ourselves and it's probably you know a big discussion there would be a big discussion on she still ended up maybe perhaps scorer in uh, in in the championship and by all accounts she's still complaining of, of so so short of some carrying the team with her score <laughs> but uh, you know I I think it could have been a, a first where a sub. Uh, even though she made the team for the Munster Championship campaign, you know, but wasn't on for the Clare campaign, you know. But I thought it might have been one of the first times where a sub could have made the, the All Star team. So it was uh, very uh, interesting. Um, I thought maybe looking at the goals, even, and congrats to Rachel Daly, I thought Rebecca Keating, maybe for mine, uh, uh, Lisa Maloney from through Clonera had to be in contention as well, you know. There's, I suppose, look at you could pick another team at, at Parik, like it's a matter of opinion, you could pick another team there. And uh, you know you could be equally uh, 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 could equally have been a very, another team as well. Oh yeah, absolutely, and that's the I suppose the the joy of these things is the debate that that follows after. Like that's always the debate. Um, the All Stars every year, nearly it's more who didn't get on it as opposed to such and such deserved to get on it when they did. So um, no, but it's, it, I think it's a great initiative, and you know it's it's been picked by people who are at the cold face of it. You know, and are getting exposed and planning against and planning, you know, planning for. So, um, very interesting. And um, I would tell you, which a lot of us, you know, it's, um, but, you know, Scarf of of course, deservingly getting the, the bulk of the players on it as well. And, you know, in the morning, while they would have dominated it last year, they'll be hoping next year to be back um, at the top of the pile. Yeah, without that. And Parik also thanks you for, for your help in, in, in publicising it on the Clare Echo earlier on this week for us. And Parik, the time is caught up on us. Once again, we thank you for all your views. Well, and the money as always. And once again, thanks for taking time to talk to us here on Scarafay Community Radio. No problem. That's glad to talk to you. Slán, Parik. And once again, uh, once again, thanks to Parik. Pat, last weekend, I suppose before we leave the team at Camogie, uh, breaking news this week, Pat, with the with David Sullivan and his management team deciding to call a halt of their time with Scarafagunda. They, they had just run their they had run their course. What an unbelievable job he done in a short period of time. Yeah, they did a superb job. In fairness, Leo, because we wonder could you follow up the great success of the previous management team in bringing a clear the first clear and Munster title to Scarafagunda as 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 a, as a new a new senior team. And uh, in fairness. Um, David Sullivan and his team did a fantastic job following up again Covid came in between and all that but you just got them together and um, they had a fantastic run tough campaign and I was as shocked as anyone when I heard the during the week that the, the whole thing was over uh, I know people closest to the team obviously must be even more surprised than shocked but you know that's the nature of sport and the nature of, of man- management's come and go the club's still there and they'll need a new management but uh, you know obviously he came in he hit the place like a, like a, like a tornado for a while. Uh, got him as far as he could. Uh, unfortunately, he wasn't, wasn't able to overcome Ola de Bella. Weather conditions and everything else came into that as well. And the experience of Ola de Bella, of course, as well. But, um, you know, 
surprise to me, but look at life goes on. I, I'm sure Scarif Agunlo will, will be very thankful for what he did for them. And I'm sure he'll move on and will be in demand by other clubs and other groups as well because obviously they bring something to the table, a lot to the table. But now Scarif Agunlo will, will just look to maintain the, the progress and really get in a good team of, of, of coaching and management uh, a, 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 as soon as possible at that. Yeah, and we, we had to thank David for his contribution to us here and his team, Absolutely. especially for his contribution to us here on Scarif Community. <coughs> he was always a very courteous to us and never refused us at any time. And we wish him the very best look and his team going forward. And also we're just disappointed that there'll be no cycle in Scarif on, on, on Stevens' day this year, you know, with Mike Dinborough and, 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 and the likes. But look, we thank David for his time and we wish him the very best going forward. Pet, unfortunately for Scarif, no monster final success with the Junior B, but all is not lost. Still in All-Ireland semi-final and plenty to play for. Absolutely, and I'd still have great faith in this team uh, to get, uh, you know, good good conditions uh, without a storm and without freezing cold rain because... Uh, there are really tough conditions down in in Kilidia and make it very short. Uh, Scarlet at the game won a brilliant point by Martin Walsh from out in the wing uh, on near the end in three minutes into injury time to take the lead. And just unfortunately they had to hold on for three or four more minutes in the seventh minute of injury time. Clownalty using the experience to work the ball up the field and there was several melees that could have been freeze ins and freeze outs. The referee waved everything on and eventually the ball was rocked across and a sickening goal seven minutes uh, into injury time. As I say, there was only 30 more seconds played and, and Scarif were at that stage just Clownalty closed it down in the middle of the field. But uh, these players, I love the style of hurling they play. They're young and they're, they play touch hurling and they play use space and they're a great running team and they. As they're an exciting team to watch, but it just conditions were totally against a young team like that. But I think they still have a major say in this in this All Ireland Championship. I really do think they will they will they will take a lot of beating on better conditions. Finally, Pet, the Six Nations comes to a conclusion this weekend. Um Ireland in with a chance of winning the Triple Crown and the Championship. Uh, they're playing Scotland uh, this weekend. Mm. Pet, I suppose maybe to win the championship is maybe a bit out of the reach although not not with not so un- or, in, or best friends in England to do something about that yeah to, to maybe take friends but um, yeah a real mixed mixed uh, bag the last day against uh, England just to, just to obviously sum up really quickly I don't think most of the analysts who know rugby inside out are able to analyse that one pr- properly so <coughs> the likes of the likes of me certainly wouldn't even try to the scrums seem to be in all sense of trouble some people say the referee got it wrong uh, at least 50% of the time but either way uh, I suppose against the fourteen men, and that that sending off in fairness was deserved. I used to question maybe should you ruin a game by sending off a player for that kind of a, but you must think of player safety. I mean, Ryan is off. But that's paramount, and it's, it has to be paramount in fairness. So it was high, and that was it. It's great. Always great to beat the, the noisy neighbours. Yeah, indeed, Pat. Are we going to have a triple crown this evening? I'd say so. Yeah, without think so. Yeah, and Pat, with that, that thanks for your contribution here on the program as always. And that concludes our sports and so here today on Scarab Bay Community Radio in association with Dirk Credit Union. Uh, special guest, special thanks to our guests, uh, Brendan Foley, uh, Tony Killeen and Parik McMahon for the comp- contribution during the programme. Thanks also to our uh, chief engineer back in the fold uh, this week, uh, Jim Collins. Without him, we wouldn't have a, a show. And thanks very much to you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show here on Scarab Bay Community Radio today. And... We hope that as to, for Tony Killeen, he was looking for people to join Club Clare. We hope you'll take the plunge and, 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 and rejoin uh, the Club Clare membership. So all that remains is Melio Dial. Until we meet again, it's Bannock Day, August Lawn.